It is season eight, episode nine, part two of the take, Wales, take three. Our Wales podcast. I am uh, Brian, and joining me today is just Cameron. Hello, Cameron. Hi, Brining. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well, but Cam- Cameron is more than enough because he's completely alert and well-rested, as he always is. Um, I'm so. literally worried I'm not going to be able to complete sentences. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired, I but was, I'm here. I was, I was so tired yesterday. Um, I spent a lot of the afternoon helping my dad uh, declutter his office since he's moving houses and hasn't mm-hmm. really cleaned out his office for like 15 mm-hmm. years um and then finished that had pizza and a beer and was just so tired <laughs> at the end of that i'm just like i want to just go to sleep at like 7 30 p.m um, yeah but all the dust and everything that got kicked up i'm sure didn't help but but after about an hour i was I, I had some more energy the rest of the night but the reason i say part two is because we actually already recorded an episode earlier this month with uh ben and steven were we all there i think yes so. yeah yeah we right? were all there so a nice you know we rarely get that and then <laughs> ben didn't save his audio <laughs> yeah i was so, only furious for a few seconds it was fine yeah so um, now we're back uh which is then we tried again last week we ben did try again to record yes and then yeah and then it was the time to record and ben Ben mentioned he was low energy, and then I was having an issue where I was not able to make yeah. it even at all. Yeah, and yep. Uh, it was like, okay, well, let's just yep. delay one more time. Um, exactly. And now this time, Stephen's like, I've been tired for twelve hours. I don't want to do it, and so we're just like, okay. Yeah, well, we Stephen, I've been tired for twelve hours too. So I, that's not <laughs> no, no, a valid no, no, Cameron, excuse. Cameron, Cameron, you've been tired for twelve years. <laughs> oh shoot, you're right. That's true. <laughs> you know what? Actually. Um, yeah. I've had r- relatively decent sleep recently. Um, the reason uh. I'm so tired today is because I had a, I was at a concert yesterday. Right. Um, and we well, got that's home a at great one, you know. That's a great place to start. I chatted with you a little bit about that, but um yeah, tell me how that went. It was a so it wasn't a Switchfoot concert technically. Right. right. Switchfoot was an opening band for a band called Collective Soul. And okay. if you're not me, or if you're yeah. not you, a sounds like you know who yeah. Collective Soul is. They're a very popular band. Yeah, um, I don't know them. It was a very. You probably know <laughs> one of those songs. The yeah, that could be a lot of different songs. I do think I know what you're talking about. Chorus I think is whoa, heaven let your light shine down. Um, so are they are they Christian? no no okay because the answer is so switch is so interesting because they open for anything like in that they open both for christian bands and like bon jovi's so they go so (laughs) over the map that i I never know if they're an opening band like what kind of act they're playing for it was a very weird okay so i had never seen switchfoot as an opening act before yeah Um, i have once yeah and i've i also again don't I don't love Switchfoot. Uh, right, right. So once again, they got on stage and the music started and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess I, you know, I get it. I, it, it's yeah. just Switchfoot again, you know, whatever. Yep. I'm not that, yep. I'm not going to be impressed yeah. this time. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why I keep, yeah. cause I did, I thought the same thing last time. I, I do. I do the same thing. Yeah. Um, like I, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then suddenly 
John leaps off the stage yep. and is yep. in the crowd for 45 yeah. minutes. He doesn't yeah. go back to the stage for 45 minutes. He sings f- five songs in the yeah. crowd, wandering through the crowd, giving people the microphone, taking their hats, throwing their yeah. phone up in the air and catching it. Just like, yeah. literally, I'm not exaggerating, 45 minutes in the audience. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Switchfoot's yeah. amazing. Um, right. And yeah. they put on an amazing show. Uh, and and essentially, in again, I'm I was the odd one out there. I was the Switchfoot fan who didn't really know Collective Soul. Everybody yeah. else knew Collective Soul more than Switchfoot. Yeah. I think Switchfoot absolutely dem- showed them up. Like, they're yeah. just way better. So Collective Soul came on stage, and they were a great band who played great music on the stage. They weren't right. anything special at all. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Switchfoot. And it was so interesting because I saw them in concert, oh, what was it, like 2016 or something for the first time? Mm-hmm. Not really expecting that much. I mean, I'd heard mm-hmm. they were great in concert, but I heard that from like a Christian radio station. So like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right, we'll we'll see. Um, and I was just, and I think Reliant K opened for them. Um, yes, like because I think uh, I saw them on the same tour. Or was and Reliant K, I, I was like, Reliant K is fine. They were fine. They sat at the piano. They played some songs. I recognized some of them. I was getting kind of bored. And then Switchfoot came out, and the entire audience was just on their feet for the entire. Like everyone was just kind of sitting down through Reliant K, mm-hmm. and then the entire audience was just on their feet throughout the entirety of Switchfoot's whole show. And there was just, it's an indescribable energy that that uh, it's. It's something very special. And again, yeah, if you just listen to their albums and say, okay, I'm going to hear them play this live, you're not going to be that excited. But there's something about actually being there at their concerts that is completely unique from at least any shows I've been to. I mean, Um, and I've been to a lot of shows and I I agree with you. There's me and my dad had this conversation on the way home where, I mean, we've both been to a lot yeah. of shows um in yeah. in the in the 30s at this point i think of live shows yeah. uh, or more possibly and yeah. we're like there are bombastic shows there are private yeah. intimate shows there are ev- and everything in between um yeah there is nothing like switchfoot yeah. and i think you hit it exactly right when and i had the, i had the direct comparison between the the opening act of switchfoot and the collective soul the big act yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. audience just loves switchfoot um and they care and they don't they they, it's just this wave of of love um that pours over the entire audience what what is so key is that switchfoot and john seems to genuinely love the audience like it's it's with a lot of bands it feels like they're playing music at you like they're up at the stage and their music is coming out from the stage at you but switchfoot feels like they're playing it with you like mm-hmm. you become part of the experience in a way that just doesn't happen in other shows, and it's yeah, it's hard to quite define it, but it, it it's really interesting to me that that you see the same thing because I don't go to that many rock concerts, um, so I'm like maybe this is just common in rock concerts, but then when I talk it's to not. you about it, I'm like no. okay, yeah, okay, it, it's it's the genuineness that um, mm-hmm. I, I, most shows feel like a show, which is fine. That's the point, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like mm-hmm. I just saw Toby Mac on a in a big stadium. Oh I yeah, was, I was at the stage, Tons so I was I was yeah. like four feet away from Toby Mac, you know, and it was yep. awesome. But oh yeah, it was a production. Um, exactly, it was a show, 
And and funnily enough, I just saw another band called Liliac, who is this younger band, a very young band, um, who yeah. is playing this tiny little venue, and I could almost feel the authentic authenticity with them as well. Not comparable, not yeah. quite to Switchfoot's level, but like I could tell right. that they were just destroying it up on stage and having a great time, and not really playing music at us, like you said. They were yeah. just chilling and having a good time. Switchfoot does yeah. that all the time. And I don't know how yeah. they do it every single time. Right. Differently every single time. Oh my god, right. my cat scared the crap out of me. Jeez, cat <laughs> jumped up on the windowsill. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I continue to just be blown away by Switchfoot, and I sure the next yeah. time I see them, I'm gonna be like, yeah, but they're not gonna be able to do that the fifth time. Uh, yeah. And then they'll do it the fifth time. Um, yeah. I was just absolutely blown away. Collective Soul. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever been disappointed at a switchfoot show i don't think it's ever been like oh they kind of phoned that one and i've probably seen no. them four or five times um yeah so, i've seen them four now yeah i've I, there's always been something incredibly special about it um one way or the other um so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing them again i'm which i'm sure i will uh, i think there was a houston show um it's probably too late now um yeah i think probably for their next tour but um they're they come here a lot and they seem to be back in the full swing of touring so yeah, uh, I guess sure. they have a different guitarist though. I'm. I wonder who it was that. Oh, th- I did notice he looked a little different. He had crazy yeah, hair. Okay, because yeah, Drew, their their former guitarist, left uh, in the last like few months. Oh, okay. Um, so do we know why? I imagine they're. They didn't. There was no public statement. Um, one way or the other. I just imagine gotcha. it was pers- stuff in his personal life was the impression I got. Um, gotcha. maybe creative differences, but I don't know. Um, but. Yeah, so I think they have, like, a touring guitarist, but they don't have, like, an official new one yet. Um, I don't oh, know okay. if they're going to make the touring guitarist their their new one, but yeah. So, yeah. They should um, make the guy who came up on stage uh, the, tour, the, the real guitarist. <laughs> that was amazing. And I, yeah. I actually believe the, the man when he said that this is... Oh, I should actually tell the story. I forgot we're on a podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, half like, halfway through the show, John yeah. stops and goes, Hey, hey, I know you. You, I you, I know you. And he points to this guy yeah. and he goes, "This he goes. This man has been at our shows for ten years, and like fifteen years ago, I saw him standing outside of our concert hall and playing our music and trying to make money yeah. off of it. And yeah. um, and, and I then, sued him. Yeah, and then I sued him to <laughs> smithereens. Um, and then at the end of the show, he goes, he kind of looks at the guy and goes, Dude, hey, you want to? Are you 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 want? What song do you know? You want to play? You want to play uh um what song did he play uh dare you to move yes dare you to move and so he got up on stage and and then john goes wait a sec are you with your daughter and he goes yeah and he's like he's like you could get your daughter up here and a little teeny girl jumps up on stage and the dad plays (laughs) um dare you to move and the little girl just dances the whole time and and and, uh, john goes i don't know if i'm gonna make it through this this might be the best part of the entire tour and I don't I, I don't know if that was an act, yeah. but right. boy, it seemed genuine to me, you know. I John I mean, I've followed him for a very long time, like all of his solo stuff, many of his concerts, Switchfoot. I really think he's nothing if not genuine. Like I mm-hmm. he really does seem like a genuine person. Um and that I think is the biggest thing he has going for him. Like I think he's a good musician, a very good musician. I think there are lots of more talented musicians and more talented singers but i find very very few singers who are more sincere uh than him mm. very few songwriters that are more sincere and i and i think that really shows in his in his concerts 
Um, yeah. It allows him to connect because he's not being in, he's not primarily being an entertainer, um, which, which is, uh, which is really cool and kind of unique in the entertainment sphere. Um, yeah. Cause like that story you said, there was a documentary he put out a few years ago where um, I think it was called 25 and 24 and it was a challenge he gave himself where he he played 25 different shows in 24 hours in his local town um for of his solo stuff what? and it was just full of moments like that he like took a tour bus he would stop play like a 30 minute concert and then keep going at, at like 25 different locations oh my um gosh. and it was like this kind of stunt concert thing he did over a day you know going all day and uh and playing all of his solo stuff and it was just full of moments like that where he was seeing people he knew or mm-hmm. improvising and having different people come on the stage and play with him and like he just does that kind of stuff uh, that's just what his passion is. So he brings mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of like local music, kind of local band flavor into, you know, a big national band, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty rare. Yeah. And it made it a, a genuine experience and a unique experience for me as well, just because it was like, oh, wow, was that really his favorite part of the whole tour? If so, yeah. I was there for that. That's really right. awesome, you know? Um, yeah. And I hope it's, it sounds like it's legit and I hope it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, you mm-hmm. know, everyone says, we've always, what's what's the Simpsons joke? It's like, uh, we, uh, we've we rocked hard on this tour, but no one rocks as hard as, and the guy looks at his hand yeah. and goes, Springfield, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. I, well, every, I remember, every band does I remember that. Tommy Tallarico doing that at a video games live oh about how gosh. Houston is always his favorite show. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> Tommy, I don't even. Okay, well, let's not even bring up Tommy. Because there's an entertainer for you. There's a guy who, who's yeah, he's yeah, running you, a show. You told me that his jokes had stayed the same in for, oh, for yeah. like eight years, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but no, that's but yeah. Awesome. So next up is um, Twenty One Pilots next month. Uh, oh. Very excited for that. It's going to be. I mean, I have mosh seats, so there's no seating in a stadium. Oh yikes! And Twenty One Pilots. Yeah is a band to go to a mo- to, into a mosh with holy so smokes. is mosh just um the standing room directly in front of the stage is that technically what mosh is yes um but in this particular okay. situation it's the whole standing room in a stadium is is the mosh good lord that's yes that's a large yeah i have done that once for a switch of a concert when i couldn't get seated tickets yes it wasn't a stadium it was just i also a, did uh yeah. i also did a mosh for them once as well um yeah but, but you know yeah. But like Twenty One Pilots is gonna be the band where you... Klua, holy crap, go away, go, go, go. Twenty One Pilots Jesus isn't Louise. like hard rock though, right? Or or metal. It's more like yeah, no, they're kind of like pop, right? Pop. I don't even know how to describe them from what I've heard. Pop is the wrong word. So is rock, yeah. and so is metal. They are yeah. moshable music, is what they are. are holy they? smokes, okay. yes. Uh, you sh- and and I'm not talking about like bang your head and and run in circles, sure. mosh. I'm talking about just. Okay jumping hard to the music all okay. together in a big pile of okay. humans you know okay um, i think i could i could see that i think i'm thinking of like head banging like you know avenged uh insanity but i don't that's think like that's like that's what... called a circle pit and that's like okay. death metal stuff and that's where you like okay. punch people for fun and i'm not right. exactly okay i think i'm getting that mixed up uh-huh. <laughs> yeah there's, there's a very there's a very slight but distinct difference there for sure yeah um, what, are, what like what's the your favorite song from 21 pilots like what are Oh I'm trying my to remember God. songs I know. Is he the? Is that the blurry face? Thing? Yes, that's blurry that's face. Them? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. There was one song that played over and over and over again at the gym. Um, I'm sure it was. Um, 
Which we could turn back time to yes, good that's old it. days. That is totally yeah, it. Out. Oh my gosh, I got called. so sick of that song. Even that though song I like was it. so um, overplayed. Trust me. Yes, even it's, even it's Twenty One Pilots fans are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Their new album is literally full of absolute bangers. Um, Redecorates amazing. Oh, good. Uh, uh, Saturday is amazing. Yeah. Joker is amazing. But like yeah. for my favorite song, oh gosh. Um, yeah. Oh, I actually know this. It's Ode to Sleep on on their, one of their older albums. It's okay. you should actually listen to that song after this podcast. Sure. It's actually fantastic. I will um, do that. And um, then after uh, after Tournament Pilots, next the month after that is Panic at the Disco. Yeah, that's um, in October. That's cool. That's October. Yep. And then the month after um, that is yeah. um, the cover band of um ah uh, crap. What's their name? Uh, Go your own way. Uh, oh, Fle- Fleetwood Mac. Shoot. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fleetwood That's Mac. cool. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I've been to dad, a couple cover bands. I've been to a Stevie Ray Vaughan cover band because my dad loves him. Oh, that's um, cool. And that was fun. And then I've been to a Beatles cover band a long that's time horrible. ago. Uh, I, do you not like the Beatles? No. I huh. think they're actually kind of awful. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I it's a hot take. a long time about that. It's a hot but, take. Yeah, they're they're an interesting band because when you say the Beatles, you could mean any you could mean like seven different things because they changed <laughs> so completely from the beginning to the yeah. end of their ten year career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I I didn't know anything about them. It was I think my mom's like friend's husband was one of the people in the band, so we we went because of that. So mm, it's okay, not because gotcha. I knew anything about the Beatles, but yeah. Um, on Panic, I sent your Discord message, but they had another uh, single drop, and I think oh, the I full album it. is coming out tomorrow. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, I, I liked I'm it a lot. Curious. I thought it was the best of the four, um, personally. It's a slower, more of a ballady song, but I think that the production was a lot better, and I liked his singing on it a lot more. So, what's interesting it gives is, me more hope for it. What's interesting is we, we were having so many issues with the, um, the production of... Mm the singles we've heard so far but when mm-hmm. they're played live we're not gonna have that problem so i'm That's really true. curious to see how yeah. these uh, these songs You're also sound not gonna live have the problem of is you know not having autotune and and that sort of thing because well, that's what i mean yeah, yeah they're gonna be yeah, mixed exactly. properly yeah yeah exactly so i i'm i'm curious to see that too or, or hear about it from you um but yeah, this one gave me more hope for it. I mean, it's super going for like a retro 50s or 60s kind of mm. sound to it, like more clearly than even the others. And I think that made me like it a little more because uh, it felt a little more distinct. Um, but he still does the thing. And I'm curious if you'll notice it in the chorus where he just goes to his highest belting range and won't won't switch out of it. And I just find it very grating. And I don't know why he keeps doing that on this album. Well, okay, hold on. I would not call his voice grating ever. Um, I d- disagree on this album. I think it's grating uh, on all of the songs. Well, I agree that there needs to be variance. I'm not saying it's a good right. thing that he's stuck in his top re- register, but his voice is so yeah. perfect that yeah. even if he was just like, ah, forever, oh, yeah. I, I would not have a problem with that because his voice yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I do. I didn't think I would get, I would get, I'd have a problem with it either, but something about his songwriting in these, it, I I don't think he's using his voice very well, but it could be a personal taste thing. Well, I um, mean, I, so. I agree with the songwriting yeah. point of that, because I think all these songs aren't written very well, yeah. um, especially Middle of the Breakup. Oh my God, I hate that song. <laughs> well, that's just like the most annoying pop song. Uh, oh. It's just got like the, 
everything that's it's it's like almost like a purposefully annoying like like that kind of like pop punky kind of sound from the like bratty kind of sound that was big in the 90s and i i do not like that style of music and so i did not enjoy his uh I actually hate the of lyrics that. of that song mostly. That the too. Music, I the music is almost tolerable. The lyrics. <laughs> um, but the, the the lyrics are like so cringeworthy. Just like ugh. Yeah, I, I agree on that too. But no, this this newest one. Um, I think there's a lot more a lot more dynamics in the verse. He drops down more into his lower register, which I think contrasts better with the chorus. Um, so yeah, it gave me more hope for uh for the rest of the album. Oh, and it has. I really like the instrumentals and guitar solo in it. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, very curious to see the full album when it drops uh, tomorrow because it's pretty long. I think there are like twelve or thirteen tracks on there. So yeah, I am not particularly hopeful given what we've no. gotten so far, and especially nah. because you just—I mean, we talked about the fact that you know how do you follow up "Death of a Bachelor"? And yeah. The answer is you kind of don't. You either have to do something no. different. Or yeah. you have a pale imitation, which I truly believe that uh, "Pray for the Wicked" was a pale imitation. Of oh, Death totally. Of the Bachelor. Yeah, it um, was just. It felt like the stuff that got cut from "Death of a Bachelor," which I assume probably wasn't the case, but it had that kind of feel of like this is in the style of, but all just yeah. kind of lesser versions of the original. So, yeah, it only came out two years after uh, "Death," which is interesting. That's not a very. That's a, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't know what he's uh, uh i mean i appreciate that he's doing something different with this one um yeah i, I guess just, <laughs> I, we already talked about it i just feel like if you're going to make retro music uh you really need to have excellent songwriting chops yeah. um because you're that's entirely what you're relying on um and i just don't think he's brought it very well so far so far um, no but i agree again i thought the songwriting on this fourth one was better so if it keeps improving from there, but I don't know why he would have released all his worst songs as singles. So that's, that's what scares me thing. the most. Yeah, it's like here's yeah. the worst one as a single. No, no, he sh- mm-hmm. surely thought this was a decent song. So yeah, so that's uh. that's we'll see. But I feel like I've been pretty lucky recently with bands I like. I mean, I think Poets most Poets of the Falls most recent album was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think Switchfoot's most re- recent album was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been I've been pretty happy with stuff. If I get a dud from Panic at the Disco, I'll be, I'll I'll, I'll be okay with it. But yeah, yeah, I I had a I had a great album from Billy Talent, although not their best. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then Avenged hasn't released an album in fifteen hundred thousand years. I'm very curious to see what theirs is. Uh, their next <sighs> one is. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I don't have high hopes. I'm just gonna be no, realistic. I, you know. I, I I'm I'm skeptical as well. Their yeah. seams were showing already. Um with mm-hmm. not, with uh, uh the stage and yeah. and i don't i mean they could pull it off they they actually mm-hmm. they absolutely have the musical ability and talent to to pull an amazing yeah. album off and it to be their best young one yet but yeah. all signs yeah. are pointing to that not being the case and especially because it's been yeah. like six years since their last album so coming back from a long break it's kind of like a game that has a troubled development cycle is it like did this break mean they had time to create all these creative ideas or does it mean they're stuck and have nothing to release and they yeah. finally are like ah we'll just release something and yeah. and hope that it's okay so i have no idea which which they are uh, me either and i don't think anyone knows really uh they're planning yeah. on like a november or something release date or uh, yeah like at the, between between like october and december i think is their plan so yeah 
We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't I'm, think they're. Yeah, go ahead. Hope, but I'm not hopeful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, huh. Well, pivoting from music, um, which we got more mileage out of than I was expecting. Yeah. Um. So that that was cool. Um. What uh? What games have you been playing recently? I feel like we've been talking about them, but I can't quite. You've been bouncing between so many. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I feel we're due for a Cameron update on games. It's probably been like a couple of months since we. I don't think. Yeah, because I haven't talked about even like Neon White, I don't think. Um, I don't think so, yeah. And Ghostwire Tokyo. And mm-hmm. I tried Dying Light. Okay, so here, you know what? I'll just go up my Steam list. Yeah, um, there we go. Because you're I mean, playing a ton on Steam now because of the deck. Yes. Um, yeah. Um. So. I'll st- I'll stick to the ones that I put a decent amount of time in. Uh, Fallout mm-hmm. New Vegas, which was really fun mm-hmm. so far. Keep on meaning to go back to it. I just yeah, just haven't. Um, <laughs> let's see. Potion Craft was really fun. Um, oh yeah, like it wasn't you... deep enough mm-hmm. to yeah to to really like you know play for a long time. But when I what yeah. happened was I, I I got it and I played it for the two and a half hour playtime that I have in it, and that was th- yeah. in one one sitting, you know. And then I was kind of like, okay, I could wait yep. till this has more content. Yeah, is it early access? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, everything's early access. Um, yeah. And then uh, let's see what's next. Ghostwire Tokyo. So. That game was given to me uh, for my birthday, right? Um, yeah, which means that I don't feel buyer's remorse for it because <laughs> it's not worth sixty dollars. However, right, it's actually a really good game. Um, I was and shocked. So this is this is a open world first person, like action shooter ish game from the creator of Resident Evil Four, right? This is Shinji Mikami, yeah, and his yeah. studio Tango Gameworks, who made uh, mm-hmm. Evil Within. And right. I never loved Evil Within. Um, I thought yeah. it was just too janky, funnily enough, uh, and yeah. not particularly fun. Um, who publishes Switch, his games? Bethesda. Um, oh, huh. Which is funny because it's a PS5 exclusive. Uh, I was about to say it's not a Game Pass game. That's weird. Yep. No, it was it was in it was a PS5 Beforehand. exclusive before they got bought. Yeah. So it okay. stayed it stayed got a PS5 it. exclusive for a year, I think. Um, it's got it's it. a pretty actually fun game. Um, hmm. I I finished it, so that's pretty cool. Um, okay. The 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 very claustrophobic areas of Tokyo is a very cool environment to explore. Um, yeah, you don't typically yeah. explore such confined open worlds, and Tokyo, yeah. I, and it's 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 really cool to see a very up close look at Tokyo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the only reason I I finished it was because I continued to love exploring Tokyo. Eventually, mm-hmm. I got I got kind of tired of the combat, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna finish yeah. it quickly. So, yeah, um, that's fun. That was fun. Um, yeah. And then at the same time was Neon White, which is currently my <laughs> game of the year. Uh, yeah. boy, that game was fun, and boy, did it suck me in. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, it, the, the, it's just a perfectly designed game for what it's trying to do. The controls are yeah. so perfectly fluid. The music yeah. is, I still have the music stuck in my head to this day. Like, <laughs> it's, it's amazing music. Um, the story is yeah. silly, but also engaging enough that I was enjoying it as well. Um, yeah. with, with, with the hint of sci-fi and like, like some oh, yeah. some god stuff, you know, like yep. weirdly Christi- really Christianity. Um, yep, yep, yeah. And uh, played the snot out of that, like twenty five hours in two weeks or something. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. That that sometimes games just completely grab you, and that that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I we got, had a lot of a lot of conversations about that while you were playing it. Yeah. yeah. I got like a on one level I think I was like thirtieth in the world on Jeez. on time, which was pretty cool. And that's a game that people take their times very seriously. Yeah. Um, that's that that's like each level yeah. has like, you know, five hundred thousand people who yeah, that's given incredible. scores. So um, um Yeah. I tried Dying Light 2, not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um mm. I yep. actually really wanted to like that game. Uh, yeah. but the parkour sucks and that's the whole game well, is parkour that's that is literally the uh that and like the melee combat system are the yeah selling yeah points of that game yeah and yeah. the melee combat was okay um but has like there, has there ever been great melee combat in first person in f- surely it's uh, a really hard thing to does do half-life well. alex count because it's vr <laughs> sure i didn't then know what yes. happened melee combat okay Oh, you said melee. Shoot. <laughs> I mean, first person combat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I'm tired. Okay. Um, it does not have, I don't even think it has melee combat. Uh, All right. Well, so Dying Light 2. Um, not the pinnacle of melee combat. Not the pinnacle. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see, I don't else? know. Oh, Stray. I forgot about Stray. I also forgot about uh stray yeah that is a very weird game um kitty cat french kitty cat post-apocalyptic robots very cute very awesome sometimes um yeah the problem is it doesn't it has like adhd really bad where Mm. at first it's uncharted where you're like yeah jumping along set platforms and you're up on yeah. a cliff and you're walking along the edges and you're bounce 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 yeah. bounce bounce between platforms and suddenly you're like i need you to yeah. find me three pieces of string in this giant yeah. hub area and talk to yeah. this robot who gives you a quest to and then you're shooting aliens with a gun yeah. and you're like pew, 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 and you're running around so, and you're it's and then it's a stealth game where you're you're hiding from robots with the with the vision are, cones you know are any of the parts is there ever a point where you're like, oh, this, if they would just expand this idea into a game, this mm-hmm. would be the direction to go? Or does it feel like none of them land? The platforming is freaking fantastic because they okay. they absolutely nailed playing as a cat. Um, yeah, yeah. And and then in by extension, the stealth yeah. parts were fun because yeah. you're just platforming differently. Yeah, um, yeah. But the second you start shooting things yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. second you have to collect and gather and talk to things it's like well that's not why yeah. i'm here i'm a cat that's, why, why, that's why am i talking my, to people that's one of my biggest um and i think we've talked about this we were talking about like what is your biggest pet peeve in games and i honestly think up near the top of my list is games that have a great core gameplay mm-hmm. mechanic and then instead of expanding that, distract you from it with a bunch of superfluous nonsense mm. instead. And I'm like, no, just let me do the thing and don't do all of this other stuff. And so that that's really a bummer to hear because I think that's that's one of the most frustrating design decisions because you're literally creating more work for yourself as the designer by not just relying on your core mechanic um, and, and iterating on that. I'm assuming what's happening is they are running out of ways to continue to innovate and expand yeah. on the core mechanic. Yeah. Um, but at it, when the when a game was only 4.5 hours, I'm like, yeah. just fill the 4.5 hours with yeah. platforming. And I would have been exactly. really pleased. Instead, yeah. I got an hour and a half or so of yeah. platforming, an hour and a yeah. half of talking to NPCs, right, and an hour of right. shooting robots, you know, or not robots. Because if it was all the platforming, I'd, I'd be interested in that because I, I watched uh, by 
my parents have kind of adopted a like feral cat so he's mm-hmm. always hanging around the yard and i've watched him a lot and the way he like scales fences and stalks the yard like i i love just watching him you know behave as this wild cat and so the idea of seeing that like done accurately in a game sounds awesome mm-hmm. um, and it's very very accurately done take it from what i don't major see cat person. what i don't see is him walking up chatting the neighbors and then shooting aliens like i never see the yeah. cat doing that yeah so it, it was really very interested. frustrating from a gameplay perspective and also like yeah. i'm a cat i'm a cat mm-hmm. why am i talking to this robot i'm a cat mm-hmm. you know like from a narrative it's like if you're gonna do a four hour cat game why would you bring in other generic video game things like yeah Yep. Your whole unique concept is that you're a four-hour cat game. Surely there's four <laughs> hours of cat stuff to do. <laughs> you would think. You certainly would. Yeah. And instead, you get yeah. like an hour and a half of cat things. I don't know. It's like, yeah. It's it's worth it's worth a play if you're a really big cat yeah. fan because yeah. none of the other stuff is actively bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah, just not totally. as good as the fun cat stuff. Yeah. I'm just imagining, like, oh, I bought Nintendogs. Yes, it's 80% a dating sim, but at least I get to take care of my dog. <laughs> oh, your, your like, eyes are so beautiful, on. doggy. Woof, woof, yeah. woof. And it's like, what? What's happening? Um, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, so that was a, a little bit of a disappointment, yeah. funnily enough, because I was very excited yeah. for that game. But I totally. did enjoy my time, I was so it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the, what wasn't uh, disappointing was Katana Zero. Oh, my gosh. What oh, a game I that about is! That one. What yeah. a game! Oh my goodness! It's <laughs> it's two it's it's side scrolling hot hotline Miami with an amazingly cool story the entire time, and yeah. uh, I adored that game. It, it was one of those games where I finished it and I it left yeah. me empty inside. I was like, uh, uh-huh. a part of my life that was so intense and amazing is gone, and I'll never have I know it that back. Feeling. Uh, and I can't yep. fill it with something, uh, you know. Uh-huh, because I can't find something as good as that, especially not quickly. Yeah, Yeah, especially not quickly. Uh, and that was kind of yeah. when I was, like, going through games like Butter, because I was like, yeah. something, something that's the same, yeah. please. I need more. Um, <laughs> wonderful game if you are interested in our uh, sci-fi yeah. uh, stories and fast-paced yeah. action. Like, it's basically yeah. Super Meat Boy uh, mixed mm-hmm. with Hotline Miami is honestly what it yeah. is. And, right. Uh, so does I, it have that quick like um, what would you say uh, rewind yes. cycle? Yeah. 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 Where you just repeat and over and over again try it. Yes. Yeah. And it's actually That's part cool. of the it's part of the gameplay and story mechanic where mm-hmm. it's you you um you'll go through a room. And if you get killed, yeah. it'll, it'll and rewind yeah. like it's a tape. And he goes, no, nah, that didn't happen like that. Yeah. And you do it again. Yeah. Um, and then you do it I've properly. Come, and it goes, that that's how it happened. That's right. I've come to the point where I think that if you're going to make a game that's about really demanding and exact action, that is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Meat Boy, Celeste, um, that game, it sounds like Neon White. Just press uh, a button. Miami. You're back in. You're trying again. Yeah, Hotline Miami. There you go. I think that's a really, really smart way that action games have gone. Dark um, Souls, <laughs> who doesn't do that? <laughs> well, Dark Souls is not even trying to be that at all. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, games that I, I find that Sekiro falls a little more into that because Sekiro is trying to be this like 
uh oh that's true super timing based yeah. action game and it, it doesn't merge very well with oh i died now for a very long loading screen and yep. lo- lumbering back to where i was like i find that really frustrating so no i that's yeah. one of the reasons i've never beaten i've never finished uh seki rose because yeah totally. i'm on the final boss and i can't grind mm-hmm. up against him because i have to reset totally. every three seconds when totally. i get killed it's really it's, annoying yeah it's very annoying so i i really like action games that have that fast repeat cycle it makes me much more interested in trying them out mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that sounds really cool yeah um, uh, and it was and really then, good on the steam deck um yeah oh i can imagine yeah and then the last game that i have been playing in, in any length is called <laughs> it, it it's called bear and breakfast um, oh yeah yeah yeah. i've heard about this yeah, it's it's a game that you are managing a bed and breakfast but you're yeah. a bear <laughs> okay um <laughs> It's very yeah, I mean, silly the name, and cute. The name really uh, covers it there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's very cute. It's yeah. maybe not like the best made game ever. Um, yeah. The, the mechanics are a little... Like, I'm really into yeah. sim-type games like that. Right. Um, right. But it does struggle a bit in the sim aspect of it. It's kind of very yeah. story-driven. Uh, yeah. Like, it's it cares more about the story, which is not very good yeah well that's not true the writing is good the story is bad that's the way to put it sure i get chuckles at the lines but the overall story is like who cares um yeah but then but then you know what it's totally it's totally nice and it's a fun little time and i'm probably gonna play more when i can get some energy to to actually Mm -hmm. do anything um yeah bear and breakfast yeah yeah. that's about what i've heard about it it's like it's fine it's it it is charming Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. um so now i'm curious what have you been going through because i know you've been playing stuff too yeah, uh, let me think. So, Steven and I have been played through the Outer Wilds DLC, um, mm-hmm. Echoes of the Eye, I guess a few weeks ago. So, we um, played Outer Wilds back, you know, when it came out, 2019, I think, and it was it became our favorite game ever. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just top of the list. And then this DLC came out last year, and we finally got around to it. Um, and w- like I told you, uh, we just absolutely phenomenal i've I've never played like dlc that that follows up a main game as well as that yeah Um, yeah. which was i mean very high standards i i went into this not at all expecting a even remotely similar experience um to playing the first outer wilds uh and i came out of it like wow actually it was probably took us you know between eight and twelve hours um and it felt like pretty much a, a full game in its own right which was really really cool i just wasn't expecting that um, I, I'm glad so. they were able to figure out a way to follow themselves up. Like, yeah, how do you? Well, we were just talking about Death of the Bachelor. It's like when you made it, yeah. when you make a masterpiece, wh- yes. you know, you can either leave it alone forever, or if you decide yeah. to tackle a sequel to it, or you know, a follow yep. up. It's like, what? Yep. How, how do you even approach that? It sounds like they right. managed to nail it. They did, and I don't want to. Sp- Spoil it because one day you might want to play Outer Wilds if you I mean, ever c- crack that nut. You're you're. I'm you're, already spoiled no on the game main like game. It. So oh really? Yeah. Did you watch someone play it? No, I just read about it. I mean, unless there's okay. something I'm missing that I don't know about at the end, but like I know yeah. about it. Okay. Well, this uh, what this does, which is pretty smart, is um, and this isn't really a spoiler. This is just the setup. Is there? there's basically this cloaked space station that is in in the universe so you you you're in the same universe you always are with outer wilds 
and is it still you're, repeating you're flying itself? around the solar system still repeating itself oh. you're, it's no different from the base game you're just in the base game but oh, got you it. find a way to land on this cloaked space station and so it's just basically another planet in the in the same world it's the same loop going on and stuff but it's like a self-contained um kind of environment within itself and then okay they managed to the idea of the space station itself is awesome so imagine like a halo ring but inside so instead of the the landmass being on the outside of the halo ring it's on the inside of the halo ring so you you're you're standing and you look up and you can see the top of the ring and I, i'm trying to figure out how to best explain that's, this. The wait, entire, that's just how the halo rings are is that how the halo rings are yeah. i thought they were on the okay then it's just a halo ring so no, it's no, basically you, like that. No, you're, you're like you're playing Halo One, and you look out, and you can see the whole right. ring above your head. Oh yeah, yeah. It's where the, so yeah, it's like that, but all a smaller version, all in real time. Okay, and cool. So, yeah, and, oh. and yeah, and they're playing with a uh, water physics, so it's all one river running in a continuous loop, and so you take a raft down down this river and go basically oh. on a repeating loop. And so the whole thing takes place in like this repeating uh, this river cycle that over time degrades and floods and then, you know, blows up with the. With that's the a really that's so, a really cool idea. I like that. Yeah. So they, they have that mechanic. And then on top of that, there's a whole second layer to it all that's completely different. So they do a really good job instead of like, here are two more planets and you're still flying your ship around. And you're still doing all those mechanics. Instead, they create basically two entirely new mechanics within the game. So I, mm -hmm. I find it really clever on both. On one hand, they don't break the rules. You're still in the same 20-minute time loop in the same universe. But at the same time, they also introduce two completely new ways of playing. So it, it's very clever. Um, yeah, but, that's really cool. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed they were able to figure something out because yeah. you know, it often doesn't work out that way with sequels, you know? Yeah, totally, especially to something that, you can't just kind of make more levels or make, you know, mm -hmm. it is not something that easily, it's not like an RTS expansion where it's like, they made it two new factions. It's like, this is, this takes a lot of thought to put together. So yeah, for that sure. was awesome. And I loved the story and I loved, I loved everything about it. So, and the art design and all that was fantastic. Um, so we knew we couldn't go up from there. So we went the <laughs> other direction. Um, and you we have Azura's Wrath? Kind of. We kind of oh. have a bag of, um, games like physical games that we've never played that we've picked up over the years for like jokes and birthday presents and stuff like that but i've never gotten around to so it's maybe like 20 or 30 just random physical games everything from like in 64 games to to modern games um and so we just kind of dove in that and said what's some stupid stuff we haven't played um before um one of the things i'm curious if you've ever heard of this game have you ever heard of a game for the ps2 called dragon rage um let me look up the cover art and see if i recognize sure. it i read a lot of magazines but it might not even been in magazines it's i did not know it existed until i saw it in a local game store dragon rage p oh pfft, the first thing that popped up was the was the yep. pokemon move um yep yep okay i made by 3d oh this was a launch title for the ps1 was it launch okay i didn't november 21st 27 2001 it looks like yeah it's a ps2 Wait, when did the PS2 come out? 2001. No, 2000. No, never mind. Sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Um, anyways, I don't recognize this. No. Yeah. I, I had not recognized it. Uh, I mean, 3DO is the developers, makers of the 3DO. The th oh, my God. Console. The yeah. 3DO console yeah. company made a video game. Yeah. It's Whoa. 
if you look up their history, they've done a lot of games, but Whoa, not very they many good ones. Games. Oh my they gosh. did like the army min games and the, yeah, they do weird stuff. Um, so wow. <laughs> we played this and I expected it to be complete garbage. And it pretty much is. Uh, <laughs> you, you play a dragon. It's kind of like if you had an RTS map, except you're controlling one unit, the dragon, and flying around shooting everything. And it sounds like it could be okay. But first sure. of all, it, it opens with the most boring tutorial I think I have ever played in a game. Um, uh, certainly up there. And it reminded me of just how laborious tutorials were in this like era of games mm -hmm. and how patronizing they were good job now <laughs> we learn about fire breath use your fire breath oh on my the god orcs. a narration good job yeah some very questionable oh. voice acting Gosh. and it took us like 45 minutes to get through the tutorial and we're like okay let's go into the actual game here and the actual game wasn't much better because well it was a little more interesting the frame rate <laughs> utterly crashed once they had actual units i swear is probably moving at like 12 frames a second oh i want to see at many times this. hold on I'm look it up uh, like the animation of the dragon was actually pretty good when it wasn't running at 15 frames a second um <laughs> but it was it was and the, the gameplay was just like so brain dead and simple oh this is definitely got, a got ps2 wow so what i'm looking at here is yeah a actually particularly well detailed and well animated dragon <laughs> Yep. model with yes. the muddiest ugliest yep. Yep. everything yep. Yep. else they put everything into that dragon i swear it was actually a very good dragon and everything else was utter trash it looks like a ps1 game with a ps2 yes. asset stuck in it that's literally what it that looks is, like that is probably how it was developed also this looks i bet they developed so yeah horrible <laughs> it was incredibly boring but we had a fantastic time um just he's eating the sheep enjoyed... no don't eat the sheep <laughs> Ah. <laughs> oh, you have to eat the sheep. That no, gives you not health the back. sheep. Yeah, we had a very good time just delving into dumb games like that. Um, and so, as a as a sequel to to Dragon Rage, we we found we also had in this pile of games, Lair for the PlayStation hey, Three. Lair, yeah. Did you play Lair? Um, no. <laughs> okay, I heard um, it was pretty bad. So we start, you know, it's famous because it came out pretty, I think it it was supposed to be a launch title for the PS3 and then it got delayed because I, well, of everything. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And it was made by Factor 5 who did like the Rogue Squadron games and other uh, like flight sim games. Uh, and <laughs> we, it's famously bad because it forces you to use the six axis yep. controls. Yes. Um, which, you know, Sony wanted and they, they wanted to support every gimmick, uh, they could. Um, and so I got into it just expecting, you know, this is going to be kind of a boring game with really bad controls. Um, we started playing and it did the intro movie, which was actually pretty cool, but mm -hmm. my goodness, did these guys watch the Lord of the Rings movies? Like <laughs> it opens with an old weathered map with a female narrator over it. And then just Gondor. It's a city that is, <laughs> it's like literally just Minas Tirith. It's the exact same architecture, uh. the same, you know, costuming um, and that we started playing. And it's this big siege where all of these boats are coming up to fake Minas Tirith and they're, they're laid out. Your dragon riders come out to fight them. And there's this incredible orchestral score behind it. 
and I thought Dragon Rage's frame rate was bad. This was like literally like eight frames a second. <laughs> it was the worst. Mo- it literally made me queasy watching Steven play it at some point because it was so erratic and so terrible with the frame rate that I was uh, I was flabbergasted that it actually got released. So we really couldn't play that for more than a mission or two. Um, the the controls seemed bad. The frame rate was worse. Um, <laughs> afterwards, I found an article about the development of the game, and sure enough, they were big Lord of the Rings fans. They wanted to make a game about dragons. It went into complete development hell. They had a build running at about one frame a second, and they literally couldn't develop for it. Oh my god! <laughs> because it was so broken. And so they kept trying all this different stuff, and the director was being super micromanaging and forcing everyone to use the six-axis controls. And they all knew it was an utterly doomed project. Um, yeah, let me give and, you a... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. And... Oh, and on top of that, they believed all of the hype from Sony about how pl- powerful the PlayStation 3 ah. was. So they thought, we can just do whatever we want and it won't slow down. Well, that's true. That's actually true if you yeah. know how to design for the stupid cell processor, which no right. one did. <laughs> and they, they certainly didn't. They just came from GameCube development, I think. So Let me give you yeah. a rundown of Factor 5's uh, history just because it's very interesting um yeah they made um tons of games for the amiga this is back in like 1988 this company was formed yep. um yep. In, in the 90s you got like atari st tons of super nintendo games sega mega drive and genesis yep. games game boy games playstation games n64 rogue squadron pokemon stadium resident evil uh <laughs> indiana jones microsoft windows star wars gamecube star yep. wars rogue squadron in yep. 2003, Rogue Squadron 3, yep. and then nothing for six yep. years until Lair sunk their company uh, in yep. 2008. <laughs> yep. They had Absolutely Lair sunk and they, their company. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. it. Lair was bad, and then all of their other projects got canceled for different reasons. And after yep. that, they're just like, we have, no, we have no way out of this. So, yeah, it was a pretty sad story because those Rogue Squadron games are actually really good. Um, and they had... It was... A really good article from Polygon going into the story of Lair. Um, and they actually had a really interesting kind of unique idea for it. But as they started floundering, the director was just like, let's just make Rogue Squadron with dragons. And so they did that. <laughs> Which, you <laughs> know, in theory like would the be most actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it's not a terrible idea if they, they just didn't know how to develop for the hardware, honestly. PS3, um, har- the more I've read, and I've read yeah. a lot about the PS3 architecture, it's... Yeah uh it's fascinating it's as yeah. as, a, as a huge computer nut it's actually kind yeah. of really it's really cool um yeah. but it's also the stupidest thing sony could have possibly done in a world yeah. of x86 processing it's yeah. like hey here's this random thing that's super weird technically yeah. powerful but nobody yeah. knows how to do anything with and it took yeah. all the developers like four years to make anything yeah. worthwhile on the ps3 it's just it like it's crazy really, it's like really specifically partitioned between cpu and gpu work or something it's like really it's very very yeah. fast and, at processing yeah. things but it's super right. bad at making graphics show up on the screen right um, which something like layer is all about how many graphics there were and that's something yes, i should mention yeah. it was actually genuinely impressive like 
the siege battles they had like the amount of units and stuff going on like you don't really see modern games trying to do stuff as elaborate as what they were doing mm. and i guess for good reason like <laughs> i think you just can't because you're also flying above it all in real time and you can move the camera anywhere you want and like that was insanely ambitious what they were trying but also yeah. foolhardy um so i think they really just believed everything somebody said and uh and you know, given yeah. more development time, it maybe competent. Like for example, Naughty yeah. Dog figured the cell oh, yeah. out um, yeah. quickly too. Might I add? Because I don't know if yeah. you've read the article about Crash Bandicoot with Naughty Dog, but they are no. literal technical wizards. Where they mm. they were doing stuff with the PS One that yeah. Sony was like, "Are they hacking the PlayStation? How do they do that? What? Excuse me? <laughs> how do they how do they get so many polygons on 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 this on, right. on the screen right now? They have wizards right. working for them, and so they figured out yeah. the cell processor very quickly, and that's yeah. why you had such amazing things like Last of Us in 2013 looking yeah. fantastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but when you're yeah. ha- when you just hand a random developer Bayonetta to port onto the PS3. Yeah. That's why it runs at 12 frames a second. You know. Yeah. It takes 15 yep. years to load because nobody knows how to develop for the dumb thing. I remember Oblivion for the PlayStation 3 was a mess because Bethesda yeah. doesn't technical stuff for them is so hard. Uh, yeah, they're all they already struggle with technical stuff, and then you add the yeah. fact that they had to make something for the cell processor on top. It's yeah. like, oh my god, what a bad mix. Yeah, I don't think we've ever since the PlayStation 3. I just don't think there's been a console that insane to develop for. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. I think things I think have been relatively just kind of gone simple. For computer architecture or mobile regular x86 amd processors yeah. essentially well i mean the yeah. switch is nvidia of course but right right but pretty pretty simple stuff pretty, comparatively yep. yes compared yeah. yes that well because yeah. there was precedent for it right because the atari mm-hmm. Back in the day, people were trying weird things to right. see what the next big thing would be. Like the Atari Jaguar right. was two processors mm. taped together, right. um, yeah. and that and was now very basically weird. everything's either basically like a PC or a mobile device. Yeah, there's there's you two know. there's two platforms. There's ARM and yeah. there's x86, which is yeah. Windows or everything else. Um, is is Switch ARM? Switch is ARM. Yeah. I, is I, wait wait Steam... actually hold on is that hold on yeah the Steam Deck is AMD. Um, okay. So uh, Nvidia, te- yes, correct. Tegra yeah. CPU. I don't actually. I, now that I'm saying it, it actually might yeah. not be ARM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking. I'm trying to buy time, man, because I can't find it. I just remembered. Yeah, it's ARM. That, I, I was right. It's ARM. Yeah, I just suddenly remembered that I had a dream last night that Breath of the Wild came out. Breath of the Wild two came out and was like really disappointing no. and like for some reason they like were just playing this like jaunty music the whole time in the overworld and like completely you mean like, like elden ring <laughs> i haven't played elden ring that's so what elden ring know. does it's the same song across <laughs> but, all of oh, no. the, the open that's world terrible. it's really horrible but but like it, it, they had just like completely lost any of the atmosphere and it was just like full of stuff and gimmicks and i'm like this isn't this isn't good are you having some uh, stress about sad. it? Apparently, apparently, apparently yeah. so. Apparently, that's my biggest fear is uh, Breath of the Wild two not being good. So, well, um, that's a pretty that's a pretty good fear to have, yeah. honestly. Um, so after um, Lair, we played <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Third Edition for the original PlayStation. Um, <laughs> okay, which is exactly what you'd expect. They got right. Regis Feldman to do the uh, voiceovers. Can't be bad, but. The multiplayer feature in that was maybe the funniest moment I have had in a game in a very long time. 
So we clicked, let's play a two-player game. You can understand how a two-player quiz game will work. It'll probably switch off between the players or something. Sure. Um, and it just opened up and said, all right, now I need you to order these four different random 90s movies in exact order of how they came out. Both players go. And we're like, I, I don't recognize any of these movies. How can I do this? So we both just guessed an order. And it's like, you're both wrong. Try again. And we're like, okay. What? <laughs> and he, we kept trying and getting it wrong. And he was getting more and more angry at us being like, come on, idiots, do it right. <laughs> and eventually he's like, I'm just shutting the game down. You guys failed. And it kicked us back to the title screen. Ooh, and we're like, what? <laughs> what is this? Why can't we do this? And so finally we tried it again. He gave us a different list of random 90s movies that we didn't know. And so I just Wikipedia'd all of them. And we looked them up, got the order. One of us got it right, and then he said, okay, you get to play the game. And that was the multiplayer feature, is they make you do this little game, and whichever player gets it right gets to play. What? A single player. Um, who so there's the no actual multiplayer. There's no actual multiplayer. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> it was the funniest just moment of like, and why would you do it? If you're doing like a tiebreaker determining thing, don't make it you have to get it all exactly right or you fail. Like, just say, oh, you were closer to the correct order. You get to go. It was the most baffling thing I have seen. In, oh, and like, then it leads to not having multiplayer. Like, that's what's killing me. And it leads to not having multiplayer, right? <laughs> multiplayer. Yeah. Except not multiplayer. You know, like, yeah, what? It was, it was so silly. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, those were definitely some fun, fun games to dive into nice uh, dumb old games yeah and it's always fun fantastic too, to pull so. uh, having a collection of, of of physical games is interesting because you it's fun to pull weird things off the shelf and try them out yes um, you yes. know when you're looking at your digital library most of it's stuff that you've curated and bought because you have a particular right. reason to buy it because you want to play yeah. it, you know Rather than and even Game Pass, joke. they tend to they tend to not have like utter trash on there. Right. <laughs> Usually they have so it's, it's at least decent or better. Right. Exactly. So and it's it's like it's fun too because it's not just like pulling random stuff from Steam. It's like you're getting history. Like oh my gosh, 3DO made this. I they're now defunct or oh this was a launch game for the PlayStation 3 and like you're getting mm. little pieces of gaming history as you do it. But you don't have to finish them. You just play them for an hour or two and. uh and have a fun time so maybe when you're visiting we can pull something out of there because there's still plenty of stuff left to play sure yeah i'm um, down we could pull a couple and see what we get yep so have you played yeah, anything good um been keeping up with animal crossing um nice. been uh playing more playing through more uh sonic side-scrolling games played through some of the sonic advance games which are actually really good I heard um, they were decent. As, yeah, as um, Sonic side scroller goes. Yeah, yeah. I heard the Sonic Advance series and Sonic Rush, all the same developer, yes. all the same era, all Dips. good. Yep, yep. They're good. And then I played the Sonic Rush games, and those aren't just good; those are great. Like they finally cracked the Sonic 2D thing just by saying, "No, you just go fast the whole time. It's fine. We were not going to punish Which you." Which is level what design. I've been saying the whole time, right? and that's why I, that's the only 2D Sonic yep. game I ever liked. Yep. You yeah. get to do a bunch of fun tricks in the air. You you have just enough control, but not too much. And you boost and great music and super fast and fun. Like, Sonic Rush. Yeah. Definitely, definitely my favorite um, 2D uh, Sonic games, just in terms yeah. of playing them. So that's been really fun. 
Uh, and we talked about it some. I played Into the Breach and didn't love it. It it seemed pretty good, but all the roguelike things kind of man came up. Likes, yeah, it was just kind of like ah, this is this is just kind of boring after a couple runs. So like the indie the yeah. indie tooth fairy is like oh I see you're making a game. What if I made it a yeah. roguelike as well? <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. but but I want to yeah. I want an interesting game that's not a roguelike. But no, too yeah. bad everything's a roguelike. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever loved a, a roguelike before, um, which unfortunately it's a very wide swath of games. It is. So, Every single game's yeah. either a roguelike or a friggin' uh, another thing that I hate. Uh, yeah. Souls like. Souls like, yeah. Souls like or roguelike. Um, interestingly, the only Souls like and roguelikes that I've loved for being Souls likes or roguelikes is the actual original Rogue and the original Souls game. So yeah, I think yeah, I don't need fair. everyone to copy them. Um, oh boy, are they fine, though, guys? And that's the problem um, is that these games. Yeah, we're we're. I mean, we are in the minority. Everyone loves roguelikes. Oh, yeah. Hades is I the know. best game of all time, and I know. Cult of the Lamb is like the best game yeah. ever. And, ooh, I just like, I just don't really get it. It's not really for me. Um. Like, I really liked Invisible Ink, which was, like, a strategy roguelike, but it just was really good gameplay. Like, it would have been better if it had a campaign and wasn't a roguelike. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It, like... it, it shined through, at least, and, the you know, it, it was still a fun game. But I mm-hmm. I just... Into the Breach, in its um, defense, is incredibly designed around being a roguelike. Like, they make everything modular. They make it a ton of different factions to play. Like, I get it. It's designed around being a roguelike even more than Invisible Ink was. And I think that's why I don't really like it because I'm like, okay, I get it. You're you you made a roguelike, but congratulations. Uh, <laughs> it feels like you took a game, you you split it into little pieces. You now have a little computer program that randomizes those pieces, and you just made it more shallow and generic than an actual game would be. Yeah, <laughs> all at the altar of unlimited replay value, which I don't need. I would rather just a good eight to ten hour game. And I'm right, good. I'd rather a good like two to three yeah. hour experience. Even I sometimes. that, like, I, like yeah, gosh. I don't, I don't need infinite like into the breach to play. Just give me a good, good game. I mean, so, it, it's yeah. similar to the stray thing. It's like I, I just give me a two to three yeah. hour fun dra- yeah. jaunt of uh, running around as a cat and don't sprinkle in yeah. other crap, you know, or make yeah. it infinitely replayable. But yeah. but we are in the minority. People oh, love yeah, that totally. crap, and it's and it's annoying. Yeah. And I wish the trend would pass. <laughs> yeah, it's it's doing runs of it that people love. That like people love theory crafting builds and stuff in Hades. And I'm just, I would prefer just like Bastion, a normal action adventure game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. it makes me sound really old and grumpy, but. Yeah, it's just well. No, oh, it's, you, um, it's, yeah, just, it's just an opinion of of yeah. the type of genre. You know, I don't think yeah. it actually. It's not like we're True. being grumpy at all. Brand new video games. Yeah. It's just the fact totally. that like I didn't love the trends of gray. Uh, and I did either. see. I did right. enjoy that trend a lot. You know, but there's another trend that I didn't love, and um, well, so, I'm sure I there should... are trends that. Yeah, I should phrase. I didn't love every single gray shooter, and it was kind of a pretty yeah. bad era of video games. But <laughs> I did love them more than you. I I love totally. I love those a certain amount of them. Yeah, yeah, but I just to say there there are trends from the past that yeah. I haven't, haven't liked and have liked. There are, there are also really really good trends too. So, yeah, that's that's just kind of a bummer. Um, oh, I was gonna ask about Inscription. You were playing that. Oh um, yeah. Did um, you fall off that one? Yeah. Well, I, fall off is a strong word. I want to go back to mm. it. Um, mm-hmm. It 
the actual card game is very fun, actually. Yeah. Um, and I loved the cards talking to me. That was super cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really and cool. of course, I love the story in general because I like weird stories like that. It's yep. been it's been very fun. Um, yeah. It is unfairly hard sometimes. It is. Um, yes. Sometimes you'll literally just be like, "Game start yep. and you lose," and it's like, "Oh, yep. I didn't yep. even play anything yep. and I lost." Um, that's frustrating. Yep. And it's be- and it's because it's not a balanced card game. Um, no, it's designed to be broken. Both yeah. by you and by the yeah, it's it's a yep. very fourth wall breaking game. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I had to when it yeah. first happened. I was really upset. I was like, I was, I was like, well, that's it's yeah. not a card game, you know. I he's cheating. Yeah, he's that's cheating. The whole yes. thing. Yeah. Um, and then I don't like the getting up and exploring at all. That's uh-huh. that's very yeah. missed. And I'm like, that is not not my cup of tea. <laughs> you and I are so different. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I man, I want more of this. Uh, no, yeah. I was just like, give me more. I give me more story. Like, talk to me, cards. <laughs> Say more cool things. Yeah, um, totally. And so I will probably go back to it. Um, I yeah. want to do a couple more rounds. I don't know if I'll ever yeah. beat it, but I yeah is okay. So let me ask you a question about it. Is there? Yeah. Uh, do I have to beat? the world map to beat the to get towards the end of the game yes crap okay yes. well yeah it uh, is in that sense a linear roguelike and it will progress i think when you beat i think there are three bosses and then a final boss oh so, so when i beat areas. the second boss i was actually pretty close you are yes there are three bosses and then you fight the final final boss which wow is kind i of was an amalgamation than i thought yeah so it doesn't take a super long time it's the kind of thing that if you get lucky in one run you could just do it. Um, it's not, and it, it's it's a rogue light in the sense that you do progress by getting the different, you know, fourth wall breaking things. You get more cards in your deck. Mm-hmm. And have you done the thing where he takes a picture of you? Uh, yeah. And so you get like sometimes you can get. Super I got the cards. most yeah. overpowered card. Yeah. I I made a card that was one cost. Uh, yeah. It was four four damage health, and it. Yeah. It would didn't. It, what's the thing where you can't? If you sacrifice it, it doesn't die. It had that? Oh, the Ouroboros, like so, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A one drop, incredibly strong that I could use as sacrifice and just yep, stay on the board yep. all the time. It was crazy. Yep. So that's the thing. It's like once you figure out how to break it, it's only a matter of time until you get a run where you're just insanely overpowered. Um, but it can kind of be a slog when you're. That's kind of randomized. Um, to right. some extent. And if you want to beat it without being overpowered, it's it is actually extremely difficult. Um, so it didn't take me super long, but again, I played a ton of card games before it. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I guess you've been playing a decent amount of um, uh, that league. Runeterra, yeah, yeah. So you have a pretty good mindset for it. So I don't doubt that you would be able to beat it, but it might it might take a while, and it, it is a roguelike, and so it's going to reset your progress over and over again. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny because I don't in, I don't see it as a roguelike because yeah. it's, it's a it it's, feels much it's more a card linear. game. Well, it's a card game. Yeah. You, mm, you know what happens yeah. at the end of a card game? You start over and play you, the card game yeah. again. You know what I mean? Like that, that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's um it didn't bother me. It's cool, much. though. It's it is cool. cool. I think it's yeah. A, yeah. The story is really, really cool. And and again, it's made by the same person who made Pony Island, which was a yeah. very fourth wall breaking game and very yeah. well um, graphically designed, good art yeah. direction essentially. Um, yeah. And like the the rumbling, like brr, 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 yeah. whenever the guy speaks, is yes, really it's cool. amazing. Yes. yes like yes, I don't yes. think it ever hits. Like I don't think the gameplay and story, everything and everything come together as well as it does in that first section um through the rest of the game but i think the story does remain really really interesting up until the end so cool all right well i I will probably get back to it um yeah 
That's I'm, a cool one. I, I was intrigued enough to get back to it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, I think we are at about a little over an hour. So yeah, it's about an hour our duty and here. five. Yeah. <laughs> and got our... Uh, Got our talkings done for the month, and very soon we'll be recording our September episode anyway. Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, it's the 18th right now, so it's like, yeah. I'm probably going to post in the chat immediately, hey, time for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, this is fun, though. We had to yeah. get, we had a lot of video game stuff to catch up on. Yeah, and I uh, skipped over, like, here, I can yeah. go through the list of things I played momentarily, just really fast. Sure. The sure. Cycle Frontier, Beat Saber. Uh, Resident Evil 4, Prismata, Sonic Generations, Transistor, Vampire Survivors, Multiverses, Destiny 2. That's what I've. That's my full Steam list over the past month or so. You know, it's a lot of stuff. It is. That's, it's a lot. Yeah, that, that is. Um, the Steam Deck has really unlocked. Um, I imagine a lot of time for you to play games as well. The Steam Deck, and um, I also, you know, I upgraded my GPU, which has helped a lot right. for the more demanding games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But now. Uh, school's starting up so it's gonna be harder to find time during the day it will be and i'm doing piano lessons and stuff so oh yeah uh, I wanna, i'm gonna talk about that a lot yeah i'm doing piano lessons and i'm gonna be practicing a lot um, that's cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you learning a particular song well i mean yes but it's so like far. really easy basic yeah. music right now just because i don't know yeah. how to read music so i'm doing the very basic stuff yeah i never really learned how to read music i really want to so i'm going i'm as starting a, from yeah. scratch essentially you know that's smart it's it's really smart as a guitarist you can just you know cheat and use tabs um but as a pianist yeah it's very helpful yep um so all right well thank you cameron this was a this is really fun you're welcome thank you brian yes thank thank me me um thank thank you everyone for listening we'll have 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 a month bye